Okay. Would you rather bring another person in your bed or cheat on your partner? Ty, you go first. Damn. Um, <laughs> One or the other, man. Don't, One or the other. Don't make it difficult, No, no. Bro. Wait, wait. Don't, so, so when don't you, apply your Christian values here. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at the door. All right. So would you bring someone else in bed with your partner? or Yeah, with your partner. Well, I guess that'll probably be the more appropriate option. You, know, you nasty. Well, because there's, there's consent. Who cares about appropriate? You know, there's. <laughs> I told you leave your Christian values out there. No, I mean like at least, at least um, you know, the the partner is informed and has mm. given consent to that, rather than betraying your partner and and cheating on them. Look at this guy. Such an honorable, noble You know, answer. in case, in case, and I'm done with that question. <laughs> <laughs> in case uh, I'm gonna send you don't this have episode to your parents. <laughs> no. Sorry, what's your Instagram? Was, they got a slide. They're gonna slide up in the DM for that one. <laughs> okay, that's if. So that's your final answer. You yeah, would. I mean, if I can't be in, yeah. No, but okay, a, I can. I throw, the in, other, can I throw so in something I'll just go else? With that, yeah. What if your partner is asking to bring in another man? In <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> now you're kind of just stretching the. Uh, uh, well, I mean, no, no, no. I, which one? I which mean, one? Yeah, which one, bro? You made it spicy. See? <laughs> okay, if that's. You don't know what your partner is. It's, it's well, if that's the case, then, you know, I mean, that's not really what I'm into. <laughs> Um, since you want to ex- expand the question that way, so I'll definitely just have to go. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. He doesn't consent to that. Uh, okay. I would not consent to that. So you'd rather betray. <laughs> so if she wants to betray me, that's her call, and I'm done with that. <laughs> My. All right, D-boy. I, like I, I feel the same way. I would uh, okay. have a threesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Me. I've I've done both, so I'd probably go with the the threesome because everybody's consenting and yeah, um, everybody's on board. Versus the betrayal part, because yeah, that is, you right. know, it is fucked up in the end and right. Yeah. Then I would just further perpetuate that men ain't shit. <laughs> exactly, man. You know, we're trying to trying to recreate the narrative yes, here, man. You know, we we need to we need to check our toxic masculinity. Mm. Okay. But I guess nowadays, you know, if shit, it would be all three dudes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Right. <laughs> and I guess all we right. got to throw a disclaimer out there that that was uh, just a question, hypothetical, uh, <laughs> not, not real life, not real life. You want right? There's only you only got one option or the other. There's no. Uh, there's no middle ground, no There's gray no area. Middle ground. Okay. Good what one, about you, Bex? No, 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 yeah, no, don't, no, try, no, to, don't try to get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to For the Cultures Podcast. <laughs> no, would you? Uh, which you one? You know, I stick which to one? my holy scriptures, and you know, no, you check your <laughs> no. Christian values at the door, little lady. Do I even have those? Um, but okay, yeah, you're right. I would have a threesome. Yeah, I, I, I would have it. Guy or girl, I would have it. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it don't matter. I would have it either or. Uh, what would you with, with two with you and two dudes? Would you rather do that or you and another girl with the dude or like, all three girls? Like whatever's clever. Yeah, whatever's clever. Yeah. So <laughs> it would have, but it would. Ha- they, I mean, they would have to have some importance to my partner. Like my partner would have to like tell me why 
that 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 person, you know, not just like no random person. Like I, yeah. I would kind of have to know why, but yeah, like you wouldn't be open to the why. Like what if your what if your wife say like, that's just been the deepest desire, and I just wanted time. If you love just me, just one time, just one time with this fine situation. <laughs> man, I don't know, Divorce. man. I think I'm uh, I'm I'm done with that question. <laughs> moving on. So we were moving on. All right. But no, this is a really good. This is a really good uh, discussion point because there's, you know, a lot of people that I'm aware of nowadays who are in like open relationships, right? right? Where it's like they're together and they're faithful and they're loyal, but they're open to go have other partners. Right. As long as their partner, you know, like they have different rules, right? Like some folks are like, just keep that shit away from me. Other folks are like, we don't cross these boundaries, you know. Right. So there's. There are those boundaries and those, those uh, you know, stipulations that couples have, which I find interesting because it's like, I don't know, I'm not into all I that know. like, right, sharing shit. I think it's because I'm a Taurus, you know, Taurus gang. <laughs> it's Taurus, Taurus gang. Yeah, that's you know, that's a that's a really interesting concept, and I and I think it is kind of growing a little bit, you know, like yeah. that whole idea of open relationships, um, and I, I have a. You know, there's a someone at school that engages in that, mm. you know, and she put me on this book. It's called The Ethical Slut, and it kind of breaks down, you know, what the nature of those types of relationships are about. And it's still it's still a very foreign concept for me, though. But it's mm. it's interesting to learn about how, you know, those kind of relationships are um how they happen and and the kind of rules that they play it by so yeah yeah but it's still um, far away from me man <laughs> it's okay. i mean it's just not it's your okay. cup of tea right, right? It's, not, it's okay you don't like your tea that spicy <laughs> but i mean that's a real thing right. too though is that like there's um folks who are polyamorous i mm-hmm. think that's the yeah that yeah. that that might be the term but even that that title of this is a book right yeah, the ethical slut. Ethical slut. Called. Like, I mean, even the title, I feel like it puts a certain perspective on, like, the if it's a woman or a man, right? right. Like, that they're already automatically shamed because of the word slut. Right. right. So the the interesting thing about this book is is the redefining of the word the re- slut. slut. So, they, you know, the first half of that book kind of really delves into um, what the word currently means and then the whole trying to reclaim the word and reframing it and uh, redefining it so you know it's still not my cup of tea but it's it's an interesting thing to learn and read about and this polyamorous thing makes me think about like indigenously right like before christianity and whatnot came to the islands like i've always heard about you know like how our families are as Mm. pacific islanders as Samoan folks like you know Maybe your mom or your dad got, you know, some other kids over here. You know, we have all these blended families or like brothers and sisters are um, adopting each other's children. Right. Yeah. Um, And I just wonder, like, was it that kind of society before? Whereas like people, you know, are having have had multiple partners, but it ain't really like that big of a deal, Mm. you know? 
Damn, this this question took us. <laughs> this would you rather took us to a whole right, other level? We right. ain't even introduced this motherfucker yet. <laughs> right. So welcome. Who's the third guy on this podcast? Who's the extra voice? Welcome to For the Cultures podcast, everyone. If you're tuning in, whether it be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, welcome you guys. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Bex Bumble. What it do, Kaipo? It's your host, D Boy. And we have an amazing returning guest here with us. His name is Ty. Say what's up, Ty. Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, good, good, good. <laughs> he was here last year. I think it's December. Yeah, I think it was last year sometime. Yeah, so you, you look Returning guests. Your Returning hair guests in the building. Ty, face, yeah. more facial hair? Long? Are you growing out your hair? I'm still deciding, you know, yeah. um, whether to go for the professional <laughs> look or whether to redefine the professional look. Yeah, because uh, I've seen that. I seen that Vasa picture that they the picture they used that for Vasa and I was like that's, Man, that's I know that's time I know they, they I pulled like, a, that's a yeah you they know, pulled a picture one. from back in the day man I was like, that? Was I was like bro I look like a my, dog my, <laughs> my little my little no, brother my little brother was like man why you out there catfishing people man <laughs> <laughs> I was like hey I didn't pick the picture man so. <laughs> oh my gosh so yes we have Ty with us in the studio today um Ty holds a master's degree in clinical psychology and is finishing up his doctor's degree in clinical psychology as he holds down his position as part of an inpatient psychiatric program at Salinas Valley State Prison prison sorry um he Ty intends to become a licensed clinical psychologist to provide mental health services to the vulnerable marginalized and underserved population come on Mr. yes ma'am He's still trash, though. <laughs> <laughs> you could be all of that and wow. be trash. Oh, no, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess where's, where's, going where's, on where's here? the door at, man? <laughs> nah. Yeah, you know. I just talk shit. Talk about uh, it's it's because it's that it's that fuckboy picture they use that box. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, that is a fuckboy picture. Oh, I see that. I was like, I wonder what. Dang. No, I think but it's you, when you're able to, you know, like because we've hung out right. ever since and to see each other. In a different space, it's like, oh yeah, you, you know, right. you just you ain't shit either. <laughs> but but you know you know what was funny though? It was funny because uh, when I showed up, they had the they had the uh, posters, you know, like poster size, uh, you know. Oh they, yeah, everybody. Yeah, they blew up those pictures, right? Those are nice. And um, it had you, you in know, your tall white there, tees and your jumbo right? pants. <laughs> I got that like, damn man, that's you know. But the thing was, um, I guess to you know, I told them I was like, well, you know, this picture. Is pretty cool because this is when I was in community college and and that. and that was a conference mm. you know for community college students so although that makes sense yeah, although yeah so I, I kind of had to put some meaning to that picture but you know it was uh, it was a while back man so well, it's good like, you get to see the trajectory and they get to see it too right yeah. like that's. Who or they, or they probably just think like, "Damn, why does guy submit an old ass picture?" <laughs> <laughs> did, wait. But that wasn't the case. Did I, you submit? No, no. Okay. So yeah, they, I, you know, I just got there and the posters were out and um, on Facebook I was tagged on it. So, okay. you know, it's it's the work that counts, man. And I definitely appreciate the uh, the effort that went into that and. Um, yeah, the, word, shout and, out to all the organizers, right? And the Vasa conferences, and just maybe the person that was in charge of the posters, they maybe they just didn't know what I look like currently, and just thought like, oh yeah, let me just <laughs> scroll through his Facebook and find something, uh -huh. you know? So yeah. who knows? But 
And it's just, all good. Right. And, and for those who, again, don't know, you were you spoke at, uh, were you a keynote speaker or one of the, you did a workshop at the VASA conference? This I did. Weekend? Yeah. So I, I facilitated a workshop with the teachers and professors Yeah. Um, yesterday. So it was really nice. We talked a little bit about effective ways to reach the Pacific Islander students inside the classroom. And so we took it all the way back to colonialism and you know, the colonial mindset and then how that manifests inside the classroom. And then we had an interactive discussion about it. So it was really, really good. Nice, nice. And then after that, you transported over there to Heal and Paint, right? Yeah. We'll probably probably get into that in breath. But yeah, um, well, before we move on to our, you know, just kind of like in our show, we usually do this thing where we ground and center ourselves. And um, yeah, you know, we usually ask our guests if they can do the honors to do whatever it is that you want to do to ground us, and whether it's prayer, an inspirational word, a quote, just something that you feel like you just want to release in the space here and to all our listeners. So, Ty, you're cool. Yeah, um, so I guess we'll just uh, start off with a prayer then. So, uh, Father God, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for blessing us and bringing us together for this fellowship. Pray that you be with us during this podcast and just, uh, you know, pray that this podcast reaches out to people that may need to hear something today, Lord, and uh, bless us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. Bruh. <laughs> I needed to inhale. And release release that, that real quick, huh? Everybody on three. One, two, two three. three. Bruh. Oh, man. So, yeah. I mean, my bro was kind of, I feel like it's the same thing over and again, over and over again. I had a long ass week. Yeah. It was exhausting. And I'm still working on self care. <laughs> Next, it's the same thing. I'm still trying to work. Out. I it's... did go to a, monas- a monastery. Oh, you went? Yeah, I went. Uh, I actually, I actually nice. went to a local one in Santa Clara. It's mm-hmm. really, really nice. Um, it's not as nice as the one in San- Santa Cruz that I was anticipating going on, but but you made it. Yeah, I made. I made. I up. made it to the one in Santa Clara. It's uh, Santa Clara University. They have this really beautiful. Um, I'm just kind of like. I want to say garden mm. and kind of trail and it's just everything is set up. They have like um, little quotes, um, every kind of like on a rock, every corner. And it's just kind of, you just sit there and just kind of, what are some know. of the, what were some of the quotes? If you, you know, remember? that's, that's, that's a great question. I don't remember. How did it make you feel when you seen that though? Um, it really did make me have a Selah moment. I mm. think one of the quotes was from, um, he's a recent guy that passed away, but, um, Janae Aiko follows him. Or she, she quotes him a lot, but one of the, I think, uh, it just had to do with um, just, well, one, they asked that we walk barefoot, like mm-hmm. literally on ground, mm-hmm. and then just kind of just, like, just really embrace, like, just the, just the energy that we get from below, like, right. whether it's from our ancestors or whatever. And I just yeah. kind of sat there at the moment, just kind of just, you know, sit and reflect on ancestors, reflect on just things that I need from our ancestors and everything. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there were a lot of reflective moments just personally in what I'm doing and what I'm going through. But if anything, it helped me learn how to just slow down because literally I left my phone in the car. Mm-hmm. I only had about like an hour to give. And I just walked that little trail, sat in the garden for a bit, and just, you know, I tried to unplug. 
But it was so hard, you know? I want to yeah. I want to try to paint this picture like it was really beautiful. I did all this, but I didn't because I went there. My mind was everywhere. My mind was on my phone. I need to go check this. You know, mm. like it was back to work and it took me like literally, I think I had about only 20 minutes, my last 20 minutes where I finally centered myself and got grounded. Mm -hmm. That's when I had a really just meditative moment. Mm. But it was so damn hard. So that's how I know it's in it needs to be a practice because I struggled getting getting to a place of really grounding and centering myself. Even when I'm alone, even when I'm apart from my phone, it's like I still was thinking about my phone, yeah. thinking about emails, thinking about work, thinking about all these things, thinking about my people who are trying to get a hold of me. Like it was difficult. So, so, unplug, just, huh? yeah. so difficult. Whether I'm in a space like this that's super like, you know, relaxing or like even at the monastery, like it was everything was peaceful and my mind was still going. Right. It's just habitual. It's just like constantly always on the go thinking. So right. yeah. But. So I'm just curious, like, you know, you, you mentioned at the end where you found yourself centered and grounded. Yeah, yeah. You know, what 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 is that state? What is that state for you? Okay, so this state happened after speaking to one of the nuns. So there was there are nuns kind of like walking throughout the monastery. Super amazing women. And uh, she was just kind of talking to me and just, you know, we're having, you know, she's asking where I'm from, you know, why am I here? You know, like if there's anything that she can pray for. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a thousand things you can pray for, but I'm just really here just to, you know, just to get into a space of, um, you know, focus and meditation and just I want to be grounded and a little bit more kind of like here and present. And she was just kind of like walking me through some breathing, slow breathing, and then just kind of looking at certain things and focusing on it, like looking at the sky, focusing on it, looking at the, there was like this, there was like this red, like little ribbon that was around one of their trees. She told me to focus on that for three minutes and I focused on that. So certain things she had me focus on for a few minutes just mm. so I can focus. Mm -hmm. And after that, she kind of just, you know, went about her way and that helped me really focus on what I really needed to focus on, which is grounding, center, you know, I focused on my breathing better. It was yeah. easier to focus on that. Right. It was, e it was, it, it's also something that I always recite. I always recite like a few scriptures like Zephaniah 317 or Psalms 23, Psalms 72, Psalm 72. Like there are a, a few scriptures that I'll recite because it kind of hits and it helps me kind of get to a place of center. Mm. So mm. if that nun did not reach me, which I feel like that was a God moment, <laughs> if she didn't come to me and help me focus, right. then I don't think I would have found those. That was a support mm. you needed. Huh? I needed that 100%. So right, yeah, right. shout out to the nun, whatever your name is. <laughs> Sister. Right. Sister Mary Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Whoopi Culver. <laughs> what about you, Ty? It's your brow moment. Real quick, real quick. The, yeah. When you when you said none, like I just pictured in my head this image of uh, Elena Tyrell from uh, Game of Thrones. Y'all watch Game of Thrones? Oh man. Okay, I don't no? watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. So. Okay. Elena, wait, is that the? That's the old lady, the Lomokua. Um, is she a nun in there? She's not a nun, but she's dressed like a nun. You know, she has the. She has the headpiece like a nun. Oh. Where she's got that thing on her head, and she's covered with the. Right. With the uh, fabric. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think she's a she, Yeah, she's not a nun, but she's That's like the lady of the Tyrell. Um, oh, the old family, lady. The old lady. Okay, the, the <laughs> queen's mom. Or the... Uh, who was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She, the girl who yeah. was the queen, and then she went from Joffrey What's her to name? the other brother. What's her name? 
uh, Elena Tyrell. She's, you're right. You're right. She's one of my favorite you're characters. Right. Game she, of Thrones. If, smart, if you, she is smart. If 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 y'all, yeah, that's who I thought of. She she just googled an image of Elena Tyrell. She's a G. That's right. crazy. She's a G, and all, for all you Game of Thrones fans out there, y'all know, y'all know who I'm talking about. Wow. Somebody was like, "Oh, we should have a um, we should have a like a costume party for the last episode that's coming up at Game of Thrones," and everybody was going around. Oh, who would you dress up as? Uh-huh. And everybody saying who they would go as, and I said, "I would go as Elena Tyrell." Mm. <laughs> Look at that. Because she's a G. She looks like a G right yeah. here, though. <laughs> she's a boss. Is she? And it's it's fucked up, you know, like how. It ended up, but mm. I was just saying that that's what came to mind when you was talking about none. <laughs> How about you, Ty? What's going on? How was your week, bro? Oh, man. My week was, you know, pretty busy, but all very rewarding. Um, mm. I think the things that stood out for me this week were just the Vasa conference yesterday. I, I thought that was just phenomenal, man. It was um first time I've ever seen a conference that was specific for Pacific Island students, nice. um, you know, and, and only because like w- when I was coming up in education, man, there was no one, you know, there was no one there. Right. There were no programs like like what's happening now. So I, I was just really um, just really excited for what's happening over there at City College with the under the direction of Dr. Palaita, um mm-hmm. and the Vasa program and what they're doing. And then after that, I went straight to Heal and Paint. Um, facilitated a discussion there on mental health. Okay. Um, shout out to D Boy, who's uh, on my right. D Boy, yeah. D Boy in the gang. Shout For, out to Sue and uh, yeah, the Pacific Islander right. Initiative. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it was like I'm, I'm really appreciative of those opportunities to kind of, you know, contribute a small portion towards it. Um, and but you know, the the biggest thing is just the people who are really organizing these events you know like showing up to speak is is really nothing compared to those who are on the ground really just laying out Mm. um these events and uh setting these spaces up you know so that was kind of that was the highlight of my week yeah and then being on the show today being on the show today you you got a busy uh because tomorrow is what Sunday, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Fight Club <laughs> Podcast tomorrow, yeah. So. You'll be coming as a returning guest as well. Yes, yes. Good you. With, uh, With our PBD family. Yeah, right. and also uh, Manu, Manu, another doctoral student. So, yeah. I'm excited to kind of have that conversation with him. Um, yeah, well, you I know. I can't wait to tune in. Yeah, yeah. I know. So, so we'll, two Pacific Islander men who are... Um, studying psychology, right. going after a doctorate's degree, talking about mental health in our community. Right. Like, that's a that's a huge win for all of us. Yeah. And I know that, you know, uh, we, we've given them like special shout outs and windows, um, Poly by Design, but we'll give it again because they always give us a shout out. Shout out to Poly by Design. Follow yes. them on Instagram. Um, they are another podcast for PIs and they are phenomenal. They've been out for how long? A minute. For, for a minute. Have, like, they've been putting in work since, uh, I think, maybe like two yeah. years ago, two, three years yeah. ago. Carl and, Na- and Naki, yeah. they're just awesome. That's your auntie right there. Uh-huh. That's your auntie. And they, they actually came through as well to Heal and Paint. So yeah. oh. they're always showing up, you know, to things that are popping in the community or mm-hmm. not just popping, but happening <clears throat> to mm-hmm. bring light, you know, yeah. to to all the different spaces that are being held for our people, right? Because right. back in the day, yeah, you know there was very um, 
it was very limited to the things that we right. were doing as Pacific Islanders, right? Mm-hmm. It was usually like yeah. what performances, luau's, mm-hmm. and right, and whatnot. Right. But now they're just they're everywhere, right. talking to business owners. They're going from state to state. They just got back from a, a Samoa. They went mm-hmm. to Independent Samoa and they went to American Samoa. They just had a whole trip and they looking sun kissed too. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to Polly by Design. Where definitely. How was um uh, so. I too was at um, the healing paint, you know, just really been preparing for that. And I feel like that's my bro this week. Um, it's been a, it's been a lot of planning, right. And to get to the moment of finally having the, the first session, right. Mm. It reminded me of like how I haven't been in that, in that kind of space in a minute, right. I've just been planning to get there and for it to finally happen, I was standing up there, you know, um, giving an overview of of everything and just started sweating, you know, just mm. the nerves, right? And the anxiety oh, yeah. Yeah. and the angst of like just it's all finally happening, putting it together, being in front of people, public speaking. You know, you can never as prepared as you can be. You never know right? until you're up there, you know, right. what can happen to you. So, yeah. It's, I'm still thinking about, or still feeling all of the emotions with it, right? And I don't feel like I have enough time to stop and have my Selah moments yet because mm. we're still planning for the other ones coming up. Oh, right. For right. the other healing paint sessions. Wow. Yeah. But I just want to, you know, shout you out too, Ty, and say thank you very much for being yes. a part of not only healing paint, but just all the spaces, right? Like the Vasa Conference. Coming on the show, going to FICA, you know, it takes a lot of energy to do that. And you're a busy man. We're all busy folks. Um, but it really means a lot to have people like you and everyone else who was a part of those different spaces to come back right. and give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because that's how it's possible for our young people <clears throat> to have these opportunities yeah. to be engaged. Because some people go off and don't even look back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it really is powerful right. to to see yeah. that and also shout out to the just the community that shows up <laughs> right that came mm-hmm. through you know we had santa cruz in the house oh what right. um even after the vasa conference and you know I, I know a lot of the students were tired because they're the organizers mm-hmm. they still came through mm. um who else we have folks come from you know um the facilitator who did the artwork tisha shout right. out to tisha you know she came all the way from campbell we have folks come from everywhere, and so it's just a beautiful thing to right. just be in community. And what right. I seen last night, which we kind of always know in the in the the center of our hearts, right, is that like our community needs these kind of spaces. Yes, say that. Right, these healing right. kind of spaces, whether it's being at a conference, being in community together, being able to talk and chop it up about shit they don't normally do. Or if it's just to come together, create art, you mm. know, whatever. Like, we need these spaces, so. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, one thing I really appreciate with the different <laughs> spaces that are currently in place now is just the, the level of insight that, you know, you start to see um, in, in just how people think and how people talk. Um, even yesterday, man, I was just blown away with the conversations we had about mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. you know, because although we know it's such a stigmatized topic in our community, 
but just the insight that the the group had on what that looks like for them and and what their treatment what they need to you know progress in their mental health um that that stuff was all just great man wow. like i i just yeah. I, I was just listening and i was you know and, and as i was going around in the circles like just the level of of uh vulnerability right. was amazing yeah. you know so yeah, it's exciting man it's just, it's an exciting time we're definitely um i think we're, we're starting to you know take a chip at the surface of of this taboo topic um just in general within the community and and i'm excited to see where the young people are at in terms of how they think about these concepts you know so yeah good stuff nice what was a what was a personal takeaway for you as someone who facilitated in in those two spaces yesterday was you know like we can show up and we can be intentional about the the work that we deliver but we get something out of it too right right so what's what's uh one or a few takeaways that you got from just being a part of those spaces yesterday um you know i i think for for vasa program like one of the biggest things is just understanding the the struggles and the difficulties that are in the teaching profession, you know, and and mm-hmm. I I, I kind of have an idea of that because my mom is, you know, she te- she taught in New Zealand, and mm-hmm. then she came here and she taught for a while as well. Um, so just but just hearing that and then being where I am now in in just my journey in academia, um, knowing you know looking back and and just knowing how important teachers are mm-hmm. in in how in the trajectory of a student. You know, mm-hmm. in academics, you know, so like for myself, I can think of probably two professors, two teachers that, that really inspired me to pursue this to where I am now, you know. Um, so it was just a, a, a great level of appreciation for that. And then for Vasa, for the uh, Heal and Paint, um, man, it was just that discussion on mental health, man. I was I was just blown away. Like I was I was just so happy with with where people were, you know, and, um, a lot of the group were young, you know, these were young, young adults, um, thinking the way they were thinking. So my takeaway was just to, I guess, you know, continue being involved in, in these spaces and continue to, uh, you know, encourage the, the discussions to, to happen, you know, and, and, and just watch them evolve, you know, cause I feel like every time I'm a part of these discussion, it gets, it gets a little deeper and deeper. You know, so usually I remember when I first started discussions and maybe it's just the way I facilitate, you know, maybe I sucked back then, you know, back then (laughs) where it was just all just surface level, like, you know, textbook stuff like, oh, yeah, we do this, we do this. But it's very generic. Like, you know, what does it look like? So, you know, Mm -hmm. I I guess that's where I, you know, that's what I focus on now a lot is, you know, we're saying these words, but what does it look like for us? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the action behind the words, you know, because. Too many times we go away with words and, and, and no real definition of those words and, and no actions um, associated with them. So, okay. But yeah, yesterday was great, man. And I really appreciate you bringing that up because yesterday when you were um, facilitating the discussion and there was a point where you were, you were saying like, what does mental health services look like for our community, right? Because it's not this Western idea of like, okay... I mean, yes, there are benefits if we were to seek therapy and mm. um, whatnot, you know, have treatment. But 
it's a, it's a stigmatized thing in not only our community, but many communities. And so how do we make it fit to us mm-hmm. to where it's, it's um, maybe us addressing mental health without us or other people even realizing that that's what's happening, right? It could be as easy as like us, like let's say we are part of a, a cover club, right? Mm. And folks are sitting around fire cover. That could be an opportunity because there's so much camaraderie and mm. uh, fellowship happening in, right. the, in those spaces where it's like we come together, we sing, we engage in culture. But we can also pose a question, right? Of, right. Of like, you know, how you feeling? Mm. Yeah. You know, what's on your spirit? What's on your heart? That's yeah. group therapy, right? How your day been? Yeah, group yeah. therapy, right? And so I really appreciate the fact that you were able to help bring that to light about it doesn't need to look like us sitting in a in a room with a licensed clinician mm-hmm. um, as, as just mental health service, right? right? It could be us sitting together and just having these conversations, right? Like these... Um, deep dives with, right. with each other about just how you feeling. So, right. yeah, mm-hmm. it's really dope. Nice. All right, y'all. Um, so in closing, you know, the, the month of April, um, we've kind of brought, we've brought visibility to a lot of uh, great poet, poets out here in the just worldwide, huh? We recognize PI poets. Yeah, yeah. PI poets. Uh, one from New Spoken Zealand. Uh, who yeah. else did we recognize? We recognize um, quite a few, but um, I do have uh, a young lady that I want to ICU. But before we ICU her, I know there were there are quite a few poets out here in the Bay Area that we weren't able to recognize because you know there's not enough uh, weeks in May, in April for us to kind of like you know recognize them. So if um, I know uh, Teresa. Your girl Teresa, she is yeah, a poet she, out here in Oakland, right? Shout out Teresa. She she's traveling all over right now. That's right. A, that's a busy lady. Mm. Yeah. She's going from country to country, state to state, city to city. Yeah. You she, know, out there performing. She's Assist. one of our own. She's a yeah. Bay Area girl, and also Afrotana. She does some poetry. Yeah. Um, who else? Sane does. Um, Sane, Lady Sane, shout out to that uh, young lady out there in Fremont. She's a poet as well. Do you guys know any other poets out here in the Bay Area? Or, I know you, you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so, you know, I, yesterday at the Vasa conference, uh, Andrew, you know, Drew, he mm. uh, he was uh, emceeing the conference. And then uh, Soma, w- one of the crowd members, just called out, hey, give us some, give us some <laughs> spoken word. And, you know, so he... <laughs> He just like went into his thing, man. So, uh, yeah, Drew. That's I only know two is Drew and Teresa. So nah, you know, yeah, there, I there we go. I want to uh, give a ICU to Tammy Vitai. Mm. She's one of uh, my friends that has. Um, when I first was exposed to a lot of PI spoken word artists, it was Drew, and it was Tammy. Those were the first two I was exposed to. I haven't seen her in a minute, but. Her work is her work is really dope, and also someone who I was recently exposed to. She's from Yo Neck of the Woods. She's from San Ho. Okay. I want to give an ICU to Mercy Langaia. Sorry if I got your last name wrong, uh-huh. but um, oh, wow. Mercy, she's dope too. She's dope. Yeah, out there in the east side. Okay, you now you get know. now you get too technical. I just I'm know. trying to I'm trying to find out. San Ho to me is just San Ho. No, trying to bang on me. The South Side. Okay, I know. I can kind of narrow Dang. it down. All right, yeah. So um, our ICU um, today's a young girl 
out there in San Diego. She, her name is Samantha Jane Milo. She has this um, this awesome spoken word that I found on YouTube. It's called Sam- Samoa Tulai, oh. and it's pretty good. That that will be the um, the poem that we share today. But uh, she is someone in German. She's the daughter of Lopetti and Emma Milo. Uh, her father hails from the village of Amaile, while the mother comes from the village of Luatuanu. Um, she says that she, she quotes, this is what she wrote out to me. She says, I was raised in the church, but it was around the age of 13 that she intentionally sought the Lord and her life changed forever. Um, she was a very shy girl, but she, the love for Jesus was kind of how she discovered her gift of mm. poetry. And out of that, she just just in full pursuit of that. So she, mm. she, she sort of found her craft and um, her passion in poetry through um, after she found Jesus, her Lord and Savior. The Lord. So. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we want to recognize this young lady, Samantha Jane Milo. We appreciate uh, your good work out there. Keep doing, um, just keep writing great poems out there, right? Um, yeah. So I see you, Samantha Jane Milo. Samoa Tulai Words that used to just be a part of a song for me Never really meant anything more until I Seen what we are falling for We falling so far behind So far behind our traditions we stay Closing our doors to any opportunity or possibility That there might be more Samoa, you are my home You are my motherland and you are physically a thousand waves away But my grandparents, my father and my mother carried you with them to this land Samoa, so I need you to understand That what they gave me was you What they instilled in me were your values, your culture, your God You see, they gave me your God and he is God I know we as a people made sure God was always first. Samoa mole tua, mole tua. Our phrases tatted on the core of my heart, so my soul burns for you to know. We've lost our way. We succumb to this ideology that local on a Sunday is a must. But even if you didn't come for Jesus and don't leave with him or live for him every other day of the week, just coming to local on a Sunday is enough. Making it a habit instead of a passion It's a routine and all we've ever known So take down my attendance and my God is good Facebook post And be satisfied because God, I'm not giving you my reverence So So yes, in our Chop It Up section We're excited to just kind of get into some pretty cool conversations With our guest here, Ty, being how... He is, we're just going to certify you as already a clinician, you know, because, you know, we're going to ask a lot of questions. Uh, for the culture's yeah. clinician. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Tell the clinician for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> You're the FTQ clinician. Um, but, yeah, we want to talk, being how this is um, Alcohol Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and uh, D-Boy and I have discussed in um, previous episodes about, you know, we've had discussions on alcohol and uh, just how it just, how it, how our community copes with, you know, just trauma, trauma, and mm-hmm. life, and how uh, alcohol seems to be the go-to when it comes to that. So yeah, uh, being how we have you in here, and we want to just let me just pose this one question, and then we'll kind of just unpack it. But um, and it can start with you or D Boy. 
Um, but how do we, as a as Pacific Islanders, cope with trauma? So yeah, either or, D boy. Um, I'll I'll start it off. Yeah, please. We'll let the clinician bring it all together. <laughs> we'll let our therapist sit on it. <laughs> um, what? Thank you for the question, though, because it's that was actually it, from you, though. It, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I mean, if we didn't if we didn't put, pose the question and get community input, right, right? We really couldn't say how do we cope with it, right? So I think the important thing is that we that we ask is how do we do it. How do we cope, right, with our traumas? And it looks like a bunch of different ways. But one of the emerging themes from a lot of the responses that we got on Instagram was that folks turned to alcohol, Ooh. right? They turned to alcohol. Um, and but, I could totally see that. But then they, but then they, but but it led them down other paths, right? Like mm. some folks were um, leaning on alcohol, and then they found Jesus. Right. Mm. Other folks were leaning on alcohol and then they realized that they weren't alone when other people were having conversations about, you know, what they were going through and how they've coped. And it was just really it was really informing, but also really healing to just share like 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 have folks share their responses with us, because, again, it was like that that group therapy that you were talking about. Right. As um, us just engaging as community via social media talking about some real shit right? right about how we cope um and it was real because even beyond alcohol some folks were being um completely honest and saying it, it looked like i coped with my trauma through drugs right very specifically right. like with meth um wow. cocaine with sex right mm. like and just all these voids that folks were trying to fill with these with these uh, substances Man. And and then it just, you know, it had me think about, like, what does that look like in my own, like, peripheral vision, right? Or just my own um, surroundings, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about family um, and also thinking internally, like, how ha- have I uh, abused alcohol? Yeah, I know. There are those days, right. like last night, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's been it's been a lot of work pouring into... You know, organizing and things like that, where that shit really drove me to need a drink. Yeah, and it was okay, but that was a good. That was a celebrator. That was moment. celebratory. Yeah, but you know, it, it can it can trigger um, emotions because before mm. I wouldn't drink just to have a drink and enjoy it, right? Like I would drink to get fucked up. That was the goal. That was right. always the goal. That's, that's right? always the goal. Yeah, and so I mean. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I feel like, and again, we've had this discussion. I I don't know where, well, yes, I do know. It's it's my environment, you know. I I just grew up seeing everyone always shit-faced drunk. I'd never mm-hmm. seen anybody on a good buzz, very level-headed and just cool. I mean, everybody just drank until there's no more alcohol, you know. Mm-hmm. And even, it's always like the bar closed at three. Everybody come to the house and drink some more. You know, it's like there's no ending point when it comes to drinking. And it's like growing up, I just felt like that's what it looks like. And so, oh, so we drink until we're blackout. I got it. <laughs> so let me go and do that. That makes me think about that the term that we use in Samoan, right? Like the onga leanga. Mm. Right? It was like a bad drunk because mm-hmm. I can't stand to be around those motherfuckers, right? Mm. I mean, I know we all got some shit, but there are some people who have like 
you know, we all handle it differently. But folks who get ongale is I feel like there is just some deep rooted shit that has not been addressed. You Talk know, to us, therapist. I mean, like, you know, that whole drinking mentality of just to get wasted, right? I, I think there are some, uh, you know, some other contributing factors to that as well. Um, trauma being one of them, but also just the way our culture is. You know, we can also think about um, the influence of masculinity. You know, like when you're drinking. Talk about it. When you're drinking, you know, especially like, you know, if we start drinking as uh, young adults, you know, the mentality is at least you know what i've experienced is you know you're a man if you can you know i can i can out drink everybody you know so then you know maybe it starts from there you know but when it comes to alcohol there are several contributing factors you know and and i mean we you know maybe we could identify salient factors but we we have to consider all of those other areas as well but yeah you know that that whole drinking mentality man like i feel like you know when i was younger Man, somebody would always have to say that at a at a party. Yeah, you know, like man, man, I'll drink, I'll drink you under the table. Right. You know, yeah. and, and the next thing you know, yeah, everybody's like, people to yeah. do with more and stuff. Right, so you know that masculinity kicks in a lot for that, right? Because you're a real man if you can uh, out drink everybody. Right. Um, mm. But then, yeah, trauma. That's a that's a big issue as well. Wait, can um, we just can we stay there real quick with the masculinity part? Mm-hmm. Because mm. um, I grew up around. A lot of women, women right? who could who could drink better than men, and so this idea of like masculinity and and it being a way to prove our manhood, right? These women would I, I don't know what's the word emasculate mm. these men because they could drink them under the table, and they clown and they talking shit, but it was like all fun, right? right? And yeah. so, I, but I always loved the fact that like I I grew up around women that could drink better than men could mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and it's kind of like you, you think about it what does that all really mean right, right? what does right. that all really say when it's this culture of drinking mm-hmm. that we that we that we brought in to our families right our culture because it's like you said at functions there's always alcohol, whether it's a baby shower, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know. After church event. <laughs> <laughs> after church event. I mean, but even like weddings, yeah. funerals. Weddings is, is very joyous, hopefully. You right. know, funerals, it's, it's a way of coping with mm-hmm. the death and like everybody coming together and yeah. being together. It's like I've even seen like people like their son's one-year-old, you know, he's just turning one party yeah. yeah it's a turn up party right. it's, it's not excuse. even celebrating the sun's fraternity yeah. like this ain't one. for y'all motherfuckers to drink okay it's to celebrate the life forget about the sun everybody let's turn up like that's just ba- ba- baby's fast asleep and everybody's still like the baby don't there. give a damn about right. none of this shit y'all motherfuckers just wanted an excuse yeah but you know like in in those situations you know where where women um you know can out drink men you know i i would also think that maybe you know what what are the men experiencing you know are they do they feel like their masculinity is being challenged at that point you know just how we're socialized as as human beings um but you know i mean every, in that every... case in that case with like a lot of so the, i'm speaking about women as if like this is my mom this is my aunties right, right? Mm. but it's all fun because i think my uncles and everyone knew that that's who they were and they didn't right. fuck with them like that. Right. Mm. Right. Like those were their sisters, that was their wives, whomever, like that. 
you don't fuck with them. We, you know, we do our thing. They do their thing. Mm-hmm. They talk all their shit. But it's all love, right? Yeah, it's all absolutely. fun and games. But I feel like there are people who can take offense to, you know, if if, yeah. if, if, if they were outside of that circle. Absolutely. Right? There could be men who I feel like even I feel like even if they're in the circle, mm. you know, because just, just the the way we are culturally, we, we clown on each other. Yeah. And that's even then and, and then we'll just facts. we'll just you know, we'll just be there smiling and laughing, but really we're like, man It hurts us. Yeah. You know, you like you say that one more time. I'm a bomb on you. Yeah, but it's uh it's a lot of different contributions towards um, you know, alcohol. And the thing is, you know, when, when I approach um, people who are addicted to alcohol, you know, I, I have the idea that everybody has a good reason for their behavior, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just kind of going backwards, you know? So uh, drinking is like the the result of something, you know? Mm-hmm. So we kind of peel it back, like, okay, what is it? You know, what are you feeling that leads to drinking, okay? What is it that, what is the event that made you feel the way you, you feel that triggers your drinking, you know? So you, like, take it all the way back and hopefully find the roots of where this stuff comes from and then address it there, you know? Yeah. Right. You know, like, I have a friend, okay, <laughs> Let's, uh, that uh, has been drinking for, probably she, since she's been, like, I want to say in her teens, early teens, and she is, like, She's 30, she's about 36, 37 now. And she's been, she's like a horrible alcoholic. And every time, you know, I try to come to her with like, you know, like, let's try other things. Like, let's just, let's drink and let's just like have like this bottle and we'll share it and let's be good. But she cannot snap out of that. Mm. It's, I mean, and it's that whole addictive pattern, you know, behavior that she's kind of, you know, built up until like now, but how do you help someone or how, how can you support someone that first is not into getting help and is not even open to like the whole, like bringing, you know, recognizing the whole like underlining issue. And like, how do you, how do you help and support that type of person mm. that deal with that type of mm. uh, stronghold or addiction? What's some tools or... I mean, the number one thing to effective treatment is that collaboration between the person and who's trying to help them, you know. Mm. So if at the end of the day they don't want to be helped, there's really nothing, you know, you could do, you know, other than just to be really... Say that one more time, bro. ...really <laughs> supportive to them, you know. Right. You know, just show love and, and support. But if, if they're not willing to change, man, you know, you're just... You're just uh, talking to that wall right there, yeah, you know. So yeah. that you know, treatment and and improvements of mental health state, I believe it's, it's a collaborative effort. You know, yeah. it takes somebody that wants the change and somebody that's willing to offer the assistance towards the change. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, for real, because I feel like it validates a lot of my own energy, right? Because your question really triggered something that mm-hmm. in me that, you know, there's family members who do have that addiction, right? That do right. use alcohol in a way to cope and it's been an excuse for a long time. Right. And it's gotten to the point where it's like, look, you don't want to help yourself. I can't help you. I'm going to mm-hmm. be there. I'm going to love you. But like every time, like even it got to the point where I don't even want to drink with them, with them like right. that. Right. Or it, I will I'll allow, like I'll, I'll 
drink, and if it gets to a certain point, I gotta find my way out of it because I can't. Then it then it impacts my mental health, mm-hmm. right? It fucks me up, and that ain't cool, you know. And, and we're not, you know, we try to have conversations about what's going on, but we can't go there when we're sober, right? We only go there when we're drunk, right? And it's like let's try to have these conversations when we're sober, mm-hmm. so we can have room to really, really heal, you know, right. because. That uncomfortableness while we're sober can lead to more healing than it can when we're drunk and we blame it on the alcohol uh, for us to have, you know, these heart-to-heart conversations. But then we get so emotional and so inundated and overwhelmed with all these emotions and feelings that we can't can't get nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I have been in many spaces where people have even used alcohol for courage to get the that buildup that's been sitting and festering in their spirit or in, inside of them for so long and it's right. like they you just they just use it as a tool to say okay first of all you you know like all this old resentment and mm-hmm. stuff that they just have been remember that one time yeah remember yeah. that one time it's like that is like the most unhealthy that right. is the unhealthiest way to kind of De, you know, distress or just kind of release issues, but that is what happens every time. Which last night I work I, at my job, like there was a huge fight, a Tongan and a Samoan, oh. all off some beef that they had that they've been holding against each other. I hate, I hate when I I'm hear like that. out there cleaning up, and I hear like, you know what, you should have never done this, and I'm just like, wow, it's all some stuff that they was holding, and it came out through alcohol, like. It was ridiculous. And then it turns into violence. Yeah, it yeah. literally turned into violence, and then yeah. more of the drunk families got into it. And now it's like a rumble, and it's like, oh my gosh, all this because someone didn't have the courage, you know, in their sober state, mm-hmm. to go up to someone and say, "Hey, this has been bothering me," right. you know. But we don't. That's not a practice thing, you know. In well, community wise, but in spaces that I've been in, like with um, you know the healing pain and like all mm-hmm. also like those are the spaces where we're taught. But it's like we need more of these spaces to help people right. take you know what know what courage yeah. looks like to do it in, you know more in the sobriety state versus in alcohol. Right, I, you know, and that's the thing, man. I I am always willing to just acknowledge that we're still very new to the game. You know, we're, we're new to the game of, of mental health, the way it's defined in society and, and the way treatment looks like. Um, and even within our culture, you know, that's that's a, a different way of, of a different approach to handling issues that we deal with. Because, you know, so for courage, right, like the way you look at courage is to be sober and address these issues, um, you know, in a civil manner. Right. But maybe their definition of courage is like, let me go swing on him. Right. You know what I mean? So it's 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 all about trying to reconstruct our culture, you know, and it, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing. But then you know, again, we're new to the game. You know, we're very new mm. to the game. So you know, like the, the the spaces that are being created through healing paint and, you know, Vasa program you know, those are those are spaces that are kind of bringing up the new generation. You know, so maybe we we might have to wait a, a few years for the new generation to set a new norm mm. on on what courage looks like. Right. You know, really have a shift in in the way um, we we see right right uh, and define courage courage these practices of mm-hmm. how to deal with 
stress, right. anger, frustration, right? Um, all those things. I mean, I, I hella feel that, right? And, yeah. and it all starts with us just trying to create these spaces and duplicate them wherever folks may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even with this podcast, right? I feel like we're us having this important conversation can spark conversations outside of here, right? right? In our community that help us get to that place where we normalize and see a shift in how not only we, but other folks, right? Because we're preaching to the choir right now, mm-hmm. right? This is what we, this is kind of turning into our bread and butter in terms of addressing mental health, working in mental health. But like, how do we get to the folks who, you know, their 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 idea of courage is to swing on someone? Right. Mm. How do we get to them where it's like, look, my idea of courage is, I got an issue with that motherfucker. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's, you know, let's hash it out. Because something that I can think about where folks would handle beef like that before, you know, all the, all the bullshit was that there was a there was an honor code where it was like if we had beef, square up, mm. fight you know, fight it out y'all fight and then w- once it's done squash it and right. then y'all good. And I seen the you know like you seen the shift where it's like it used to be that and then it was just like oh I'm gonna get that motherfucker or I'm gonna get that motherfucker first right and everybody just popping at each other and ain't nobody wow. fighting anymore. There's no more, there's no more of that code. Right. You know it's like they gotta end somebody's life and. Yeah. Sorry, I went off with that one, but that's <laughs> no, 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 yeah. You know, and I mean that change is is really difficult, and yeah. you know we also have to realize that we are where we are today mentally, the way we think, because of the socialization we've had our entire lives. Mm. Right. You know, so does, and that means like how we were conditioned. Right. 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 So you know, throughout your entire lives, you you've been attending university. In your community, you know, and 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 now, now you have right. a you have a PhD in the way you think, mm-hmm. right? So to to really um, untangle that and 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 to you know to reframe all of that, you know, you're you're trying to you're messing with somebody that has a PhD in in, in their own yeah, thought process, right. Yeah, all right, you know. Right. So that's how difficult this is to to shift someone's thoughts. Um, you know, the to, unlearning to some, part, huh? the unlearning yeah. from something they've learned their entire lives. So you're looking at somebody that's say, what, 30, 40 years old. That's 30, 40 years of education right. yeah. towards where they are today. Right. You right. know, so yeah, I'm sometimes out of that time. Sometimes yeah. we just got to be patient with the process, man. You know, like yes. like I think you know in this in this work, it's easy to you know be hard on yourself because we're not seeing the results we want to see, you know, yeah. but, but just knowing that if you're only, if you've only met them for a few weeks and have been working for a few weeks, you're going up against their years mm. of right. learning, you yeah. know, so you can't expect to have them unlearn what they've learned their entire lives in the few weeks that you work with them. So, but it's, it's just a seed, you know, you it's throw it out there. You've been throwing that in every week. Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, just, man. I mean, it's true, though. You know, it really reigns true in my heart that uh, it, it is a marathon because of just the experience, right. you know. And, it's, and it, it is a process, right? And it is a mental 
mm-hmm. game and it does take patience and perseverance and resilience and mm-hmm. right. I hella feel that. Yep. I hella feel that it is a process we gotta be patient with. Is there even if this does exist, but there is is there a cultural approach to this, like out here, like in America, like for when it comes to um, just helping, yeah, just like you know, RPI people that are dealing with um, or that are trying to cope with this, these type of traumas? Is there like a cultural approach, whether it's like going to their homes and hanging out, or like I mean, what are some um, some some approaches that we can do because I think of a few settings and it's like if I if I approached it the way I was raised, which is very American, very much of America, U.S. America, I was born here, it probably wouldn't work. But then I think of like maybe if I approached it a more from a cult- cultural context, maybe a seed will be planted mm-hmm. better than my whole Western approach. Like, do you think that has some play in like just ha- having a, a cultural approach versus a more Western approach? Like, would, would there be an, any difference in, like, help and impact? Or would it be the same? Um, man, I'm I'm big on cultural um, approaches. You know, and, and by culture, I don't necessarily just mean ethnicity. Right. I mean, every single thing that this person subscribes to is something that I will consider in my treatment. And, and my approach towards them, you know, so it's very customized to the individual, um, you know, so like, yeah, whether it's whether it's uh, ethnicity, you know, I, I feel like when we say culture, automatically we tend to think about ethnicity, mm. you know, and, and this really, um, this idea of culture really shifted for me when I worked, you know, I worked with a client in... Um, at the prison at Salinas, who is serving a double life sentence for murder. Um, and he's African-American. And I remember, because I always do that cultural approach, right? So I was like, hey, uh, I'm just curious, man, do you identify as an African-American? What aspects of that do you identify with? And he just straight up told me, he's like, no, nah, man, I, I don't identify as African-American. I'm a crip, you know? So then, so then that, you know, now my mindset shifts from... African American culture to gang culture, right. and then and so I approach him from a gang culture, you know. So this wow. means this means I, I I you know we communicate in in slangs and, right. and you know so, and and that's just the way you know basically when when you the way I see a person like when I'm working with them, they're like this fort, and I basically just gotta find that one open door. And mm. for this guy, that gang culture was the open door. Wow. So as soon as I tapped into that. We were, we were. You guys were going, breaking we bread. We were going places. Good, good, yeah. 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 Okay. That's what's up. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's finding an in with yeah, the person, it's just right. funny. so that you can communicate within their culture, within right. their language, and and I would even say that that's being culturally, um, that's being or exercising cultural humility. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of, uh, you know, our work centers around is cultural humility, humility, being Mm -hmm. able to work with folks from different cultures. But you're right. right. I think this uh, idea, this framing that the the county has is ethnicity. Mm -hmm. When there are other cultures, right, Right. with an S, (laughs) there are other cultures that we subscribe (laughs) to um, that that we can 
that we can have entry points with each other to talk right. to. Because, you know, just like for instance, right? You're here with us. Um, you identify as heterosexual and you're you're talking to two queer folks, right? Mm-hmm. Who have different experiences mm-hmm. and we could address conversations, you know, maybe framing around the culture of what it means to be Pacific Islander, a mm-hmm. part of the queer community. And that's a way in. Right. So I really appreciate that. It was because, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's really making me think. Right. And then even the, you know, you, you brought up a, the great point of cultural humility, right? It's, you know, and, and being culturally competent to mm-hmm. work with people yeah. is, you know, the most important thing is not to assume the culture as well. Come on. Right? Yeah. Yep. So just because, like, I hear, oh, they're part of the queer culture, I'm not just going to come in like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, You're I'm going to sit down. Script. Right. I'm just going to sit down and, you know, let you identify yourself to me Mm -hmm. see because people have several identities right and although they may have salient identities here and there but it doesn't mean it's going to be the salient identity that comes to me right right so so it's just sitting down and and you know and that's the cultural humility is to you know to letting let let the person be the expert in their own experiences right rather than you coming in trying to be like oh okay that's samoan woman uh you know who identifies as queer this is how we're gonna do it right right Right. because it's it's different right it's all all case by case yes individual by individual right right? just because just because we're a part of the queer community don't mean that it's like you got to flip the script and be like, oh, hey, you know, and change right. the way that you get right. down. Right. Or even assume that, like, you have, that they get down in a right. stereotypical way right. of, like, you know, like right. queers or even if it were gang members right. or whatnot. Yeah, right. and then, you know, going back to that ethnicity thing, you know, just because they look look like the ethnicity doesn't mean they subscribe to the, you know, ethnic um, identity that you might have in your head, yeah. you know. So it's just all about um, being humble enough to find out who they are and who they are willing to identify as to you, you know, right. and then you work from there. So it's it's a very um, customized approach. <laughs> yeah, customized. So you time. customize it every time. So, you know, you've been here just, you've been contrib- contributing in many spaces out there and giving services as far as when it comes to mental health. And one question I have for you is that who do you go to when like you need the, that type of service that mm. you give, like do you do you even go to anyone? Because I know with people who study that caliber, you know, and the doctors, mm-hmm. it's like, do who are are they even accounted to anybody? Do we even do they go through shit? You know, it's right. like that's a good question, partner. <laughs> right. Like, do you? Um, yeah. So you know, at the prison with my clinical work there, um, you know, we have uh, supervisors in place. So I like to utilize that um, resource to kind of unpack whatever it is that that I'm going through. Mm. Um, and then in the community, I mean, I, you know, I got my boy, uh, John Finau. He was my uh, undergrad uh, roommate, you know, Tongan Cat. So, uh, you know, I think the, the reason why him and I have remained friends since undergrad is because he is just right there with me, you know what I mean? So, um you know, we're able to kind of bounce some ideas off and, and, and bounce some, some feelings off of each other. So, I, you know, I thought that was, uh, yeah, that that's kind of who I go to. Um, you know, we go to your, your dad and mom. You know, yeah, you know, there's... Hey, shout there's, out to Ma and Tina, man. I love it. I mean, cool. you know, there, there there are certain things. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like, you know, some 
some guidance in certain areas, right, I'll yeah. definitely go to them. But in terms of really unpacking some, you know, like just, distress, right. you know, um, I would utilize um, my supervisors and, uh, awesome. you know, some, some close friends. So I, I keep a really small, uh, you know, network of friends, man. I, and, you know, and, and so it's kind of like recreating, right? Recreating the spaces yeah. to, to have these conversations normalized within our group. So that's that's kind of what I've been working on for the past years. I mean, initially it started off with all the bunch of jokes, you know, we, we walked out like, man, did you just say safe space? <laughs> you know, so, so even oh, though... Safe space. You know, like, so, you know, he's he been clowning me on that for a while. Uh, but, you know, it's it's... Just like like I said yesterday, right? We don't have to use these technical terms because we are already engaging in in right. the treatment. You right. know, we just have to go with it the way it is, and probably navigate it towards where we want it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So mm. that's what's up. That I is like what's that. up. Yeah. And in closing, you know, Ty, I just wanted, um, well, Deep Boy, if you have any other closing remarks, but um, I want to see if you can give any advice to those who may be struggling in, um, you know, just Kind of the, that whole struggle of like finding, wanting to get into, looking into therapy or like, or just any advice Battle to give badly at addiction, yeah. don't know how to come out of it, don't know who to go to, don't know where to start. Like, just uh, if there's any advice that you can give, even like friends that you may, you know, kind of refer them to do you have, that are clinicians out here. I, I, are there many Pacific Islander clinicians out here in Bay Area? Um, yeah. Clinicians, I, I think there's a there's a few. I think I think people I remember you yeah. mentioned one it was the Fijian. Fijian, yeah. and and I think uh, Fauma is still practicing as a clinician. Um, I know, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a handful, but yeah. um, for mental health, man, I would say just to go talk to somebody, anybody. Mm. Um, if nobody's listening, go to a clinician, psychologist. Uh, you know, LCSWs, social workers, you know, they, they get paid to listen. So at least they will listen. Right. Um, but, you know, you know, cause that was one of the issues we came across yesterday, right. Was, was, you know, being willing to open up to family, but family not willing to receive the information. Mm. Right. So yeah, just seek help, you know, mental well, health. What are the, some questions that they should ask, you know, to find a good one? Like, you know, like make sure you ask that, you know, if you guys are exposed to cultural, you know, like what are some things that they should look into as far as like finding a good therapist? Um, for me, it's just the vibe, man. You, you go in, it's, Always, it's, it's yeah. just like, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I mean, it's up to you if you have any personal questions that you want to answer specifically. Like maybe yeah. you want someone that really has experience in what you're experience and what you're going through um but for me it's it's really just the vibe and and the connection and then you know finding clinicians it's uh it's it's like looking for a car you know you don't have to settle Mm. for the you don't have to settle for the person the first person that you see Mm -hmm. you know if you go for the first session you guys kick it off sure continue you know and and then even in that you know as the consumer you have all right to stop your session with anybody at any time you feel like right mm. so yeah and then just keep shopping around there's tons of people to pick from you know you'll eventually find someone that you gel with and yeah. 
Ever find a few friends and start a group therapy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find some good friends, you know. Maybe it might start at the bar, but uh, right? try to limit that so it doesn't turn into another issue. Anybody, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any questions? Closing uh, remarks? I think a closing remark I wanted to um, just address real quick mm. is that something that came up yesterday and is, and is kind of like a cultural thing, at least within you know, our community is that when folks bring up the fact that they deal with mental health issues or there's even mental illness that comes up in the families is, is mm. that folks, you know, some of the, the responses we got yesterday was that it's viewed as like a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's viewed as like they're crazy. They lost their mind and that the ailment is, um, is, is like, getting biblical, right? Getting mm. like, it's all church, right? Right. Like praying this away and, and praying for someone. And while that is a huge piece, right? Um, there are other, there are other uh, factors that have to go into it too, right? Where right. it's like, we can always pray for someone and we can always, you know, um, ask for help, you know, from our spiritual, from, right. our, from our spirit, man. But like, there are other ways, right? And so right. I just wanted to like kind of hear your thoughts about like mm-hmm. how do we how do we like navigate or deal with this idea of like just church is the only way. Like can you offer up any mm. church um is intertwined into Pacific Island culture or at least exactly. Samoan culture. So yeah. it's it's essentially a part of the culture. Right. So it's, you know, it's not surprising that that is the solution that many people have because that's the resource that they've been directed to. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, you know, the other options are just the psychotherapy options, you know, go to clinicians. But, I mean, mental health treatment is such a wide scope Right, you know, it's like, all of the things. It's right? everything. Basically, you I'm know, I'm not saying to, to to be dismissive right. of church, right. right? But like hearing from people yeah. time and time again, saying that like people will open up mm-hmm. and they'll just be um, inundated with like, right. oh, we need to pray. You need to pray. Yeah. This. You mm-hmm. need to know this scripture. You need to do all these things, and that doesn't help the individual. Right. Oftentimes, right, because it's what they want is just to be heard and to be right. validated and have someone to relate to. Right. There's always time for the the church thing and we can't dismiss it because it is such a big part right. of our culture. Right. And I feel like you know, you know, if if we were to take it kind of into that church setting, you know, cuz there's a scripture that says, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, and it's like if we kind of want to bring it back to that like as far as like giving people that the whole church response, I would always use that because I because I get that a lot. A lot of people are like, oh, just trust God or just do mm-hmm. this, and you know, it's like, listen, we can pray all we want, but like I said, you know, what I use that scripture a lot. It's like faith, all your prayer, without works mm-hmm. is dead, you know, and that's in your Bible. And <laughs> so we know right. that's one thing. It's like I get your prayers are right here, but no, I don't see nothing. You know, mm-hmm. no works, no support. Yeah, it's so, like yeah. so. You know, like we're. I, I totally get what Danny Boy's talking about because that's all we do is just like, mm-hmm. just pray, just pray. You hear the scripture, we're doing this. And right. it's like, we, we mastered the faith part, but there's no works, you know? And it's like, I don't know if that's how 
culturally we've been kind of practicing this whole mm-hmm. thing, this whole thing, but it's that right. is a that is a question I, I'm kind of interested to figure out. Like, yeah, you know, going back to trying to find a, a good psychologist or a good clinician, you know, just look at church as the clinician. That you know, if it's not working mm-hmm. for you, find something else. Keep mm-hmm. shopping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and and the practice, you know, like so, Bex, you talked about practicing mindfulness. That's right. another approach that people yeah. have towards mental health um, treatment. You know, but it's it's wide open, man. You know, some people go for a walk. Some people, you know, go swimming. Some people just go for a drive. I think what's happening is that those very common things that we engage in are not framed as mental health treatment. Right, yeah. So that's why we are trying to seek out something that's more um, formally defined as right. um, treatment. But everything, whatever, whatever it is that makes you feel good, that's what you do. Except, except for drinking. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it don't harm anybody. Right, right? don't harm right. me, don't harm me. But yeah. Yeah. Man, what a fruitful conversation. I know. We appreciate you, Ty, for yeah, coming right on. in. Thank you for having Early me. Early this morning. Yeah, appreciate being here. Pushing through, you boy. Just pushing through. You guys just went, what, had three hours of sleep and woke up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And t- you know what, D boy, this mm. guy, this guy, he likes to like keep all his like you know private you know events to himself. But he he will be keynote speaking today. He probably okay. didn't mention. <laughs> See, he doesn't like talking about mm. these. He doesn't like talking about when he's keynote speaking. He doesn't like talking about. He's very like. But we will talk about it because you know we want to just recognize D boy and all his work. He's he will be keynote speaking today. Where at? I'll be um I'll be speaking at the Pacific Islander Recognition Ceremony at. Cal State East Bay. Right. Shout out to Come the on. folks over there. I mean, it's a privilege and an honor to be um, asked, and I hope I can deliver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so both of That's you. That's the next gig. You got another gig tomorrow? Is sleep? Game or- of Thrones is my gig tomorrow. <laughs> Shit. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Man. So, like I said, yeah, we appreciate Tight coming in, yes, making thank time you, brother. for us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Busy uh, schedule. Right. Um, but, like, you know, like usual, we usually end with our question. Uh, another one? No. <laughs> Damn, oh, okay. Would go. you rather? <laughs> you really you want to go? Okay, I I, I got some more. No, if you no, want no. That, but just... no. In closing, we like to you know just pose the question. You know, how will you take care of yourself for the rest of the week? Um. Yeah, Ty. Well, I'll give it to you. I just like giving it to the guests first. You know, I, normally I would give it to Dwood, but Ty, just yeah, how how. How are you going to take care of yourself for the rest of the week? Um, so this week is my last week of uh, coursework, last week of the semester um, for school forever. Hey. Yeah, so, what? Yeah. So wow. You heard it. You heard it. <laughs> so that, yeah. You heard it first. School. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first? Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it won't air until Monday. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... Yeah, so this week, you know, there's a lot of things lined up for me this week, um, just in terms of assignments and and just some work, some reports that I have to write. Um, so how I take care of myself with that is just, um, I, I literally live out of a planner nowadays, and uh, I just focus on one task at a time versus just looking at my entire week and just being overwhelmed by it. So it's just kind of like chopping off at at little pieces, right? So the first thing that's coming up is 
It's an eval due on Monday to the court. Boom. You know, just focus on that for the next week, for the next few days. Then, you know, another final, then a paper and so forth. So that's how I take care of myself in in these stressful times, just to look at one one event um, at a time and just... Yeah, That's checking them off, checking them off the list. Does that mean you're you're ready to graduate, or you got to go? Yeah, your... so so the coursework ends this week, and then I take off to Illinois. That's right. Um, for a pre-doc internship, so it's just full time work for one year. So this is just hours going towards my licensure. Yeah. Lic- yeah. And, okay. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, that's huge, oh, bro. Lord. That's huge. Okay. Wait, I see you. Wait, I see hold you, on, Ty. Hold Fale, on, hold on, Ty. Wait, inquiring minds want to know, is Ty single? Yeah. <laughs> that's just, I don't know. That's just that just came up. So it's Ty, oh, there's a burning question on the right, is Ty single? Wow, we just wow. gotta know, you know, because you know our uh, followers, you know, they they want to know. Is Ty oh, single? Uh yes, currently. I oh, okay. Yes. You guys heard her again. Here <laughs> first. Heard her first. Heard her first. <laughs> <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> okay. All right, D boy. How are you gonna take care of yourself for the rest of the week? I am taking care of myself by taking some time off. Of work having a little staycation mm. i took three days off um this coming week and then next week i took three days off at the end of the week oh wow um just as a way to utilize the vacation hours that i've acquired you know what i mean right. and take time off okay we all need a break and so what does your vacation days look like just i mean rest? i wish i had the you know i wish or do I had you the get ends. away I wish I had the ends to get away. Something I want to do mm. that I hope I can make happen soon is I want to go to Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. and I want to ride those um, ride those motorcycles in the sand dunes. Oh, those yeah. dirt bikes, the dirt bike yeah. things. Yeah, I want to do that. But I'm I'm just gonna have a staycation. I just want to be at home and do yeah. nothing but like chill, watch TV, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> all my TV shows. That. I'm I'm right. I'm taking care of myself by taking time off for work. Mm. How about you, Bex? How are you going to take care of yourself? Uh, well, I'm going to hit up another monastery. Yeah. I just found a lot of local ones. So I think I'm going to hit up a lot of our mm-hmm. local ones in San Jose and Santa Clara. So, yeah, I'm slowly, you know, just, you guys should check one out. I'm sure there are quite a few yeah. in, you know, Peninsula. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really, like, finding a love for the place. And, you know, I'm sure I can get it anywhere but i just that place just really kind of sets the precedent of peace so nice. yeah i like it so <sighs> all right y'all i think that's the end of our discussion huh yeah, yeah. it's been real thank you good thank it's you again so tonight. real appreciate really it appreciate thank you for you having me on, especially before you leave Mm. And go do your yeah. thing. We'll, we'll see you when you get back. Right. Catch yeah. you on the other side. And, yeah. And it's good to know that Ty would be open to having another male in the bed, right? <laughs> Not just kidding. Oh, 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 I meant another. You're fucking him up. <laughs> wow. He's single, y'all. Just... Bex, what you thinking about? Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to have a better Disclaimer, question. Disclaimer, these are hypothetical questions. <laughs> uh, these are all lies. No facts. <laughs> all right, y'all. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Tune in again next week. But until now, Peace, love, and happiness.